Today on Quest, the talented and stunning actress, Viviana Lamoli. Life is a quest for logic and reason. It is a quest to find balance between science and faith. Life is a quest for knowledge and understanding. But most importantly, it's a quest for personal discovery. Whatever your quest, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Welcome to Quest. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Todd Fisher, and this is Quest. For those of you that might be new listeners, let me tell you a little about me. I'm the founder of Metatomics and the author of the best-selling book, Metatomics, The Grand Design. I'm a philosopher, a theorist, a metaphysicist. I'm a perpetual pupil of theology, and I'm an expert in comparative religious study. I've also extensively researched the mind-body connection, anatomy, and physiology. I documented over 300 case studies while researching my book, all from a scientific perspective, with cases that ranged from near-death and out-of-body experiences to possession to past-life experiences, as well as the metaphysical, the paranormal, and other unexplained cases of a spiritual nature. This podcast will bring you some of those astonishing stories, and in some cases by the people that actually lived them. From time to time, I'll be talking about important, perhaps even controversial issues from both spiritual and scientific points of view. The world we live in is ever-changing, and there's often a conflict between spirituality and science, and I wanted to bring you this podcast to balance that equation. It will show you how we know what we know, and there's still so much we don't know. For me, curiosity is part of what makes us human. It's the joy of discovery. It's what drives us. It's our quest. Hi, everyone. Today, my guest is Vivian Lamoli, a very popular Latin American actress. I first saw in the Hulu original show, East Los High. I'm really happy to have her on the show. I think she's one of the finest Latina actors working today, and she really kind of breaks down her career and how she got started and her process. I think you'll really enjoy this. Here it is. Hi, Vivian. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going, Todd? Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad we could uh, schedule this. I've been a, a fan of you for a long time, and I've wanted to get you on here and, and talk about your career and all the cool things that you've done, and uh, we finally get to make it happen. Oh, really? I didn't know that you were a fan. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I'm I w- just kidding. That's great. So, you know, East Los High is where I first saw you. I j- enjoyed... Okay. Here I am. I'm a 50 year old white male, but I really love that show. <laughs> That's awesome. That means so much to us. You know that, right? The, yeah. The, the, the demographic it reaches so many different um, people with entertainment. I mean, the entertainment of that show is just it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's so much fun, and I think a lot of people can relate. We're going to get into East Los High in this <laughs> in this podcast. I don't want to jump ahead, but yeah, it was that was a fun. Hulu experience for me being like one of the first subscribers on Hulu and that being one of their first original shows was like a really big deal. And uh, it was just really, it was like, for me growing up, I was the Beverly Hills 90210 generation, you know? And it was, for me, it was like, it was like that. It was the Latino Beverly Hills 90210 is what it was to me. You know, what's funny uh, is when I, when I compare it, when, you know, my family members back in the day would ask like, so what's it like? What's the show? And I'm just like, listen, do you want a Latino? Do you want a Latin X nine zero two one zero? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it. That's what it felt like to me, yeah. and uh, and you know a little different, you know, in terms of the school and the kids and all that. But but it was like it, it was a, a different ethnicity, but it was this. It was similar stories that you need to be told generationally. That's what's important about shows like that, and why we have to keep them going. But we're going to get into the importance of that show in a little bit. But I want to go back. You know, you're a triple threat. You're a singer and a dancer and an actress. And I love triple threats. They're the best. And, Thank um, you. But I want to go back to your early life. You're from Miami. Is that right? That's right. The three. Tell me, 
<laughs> Tell me how you grew up. Did you have a big family? Like, what was that like for you being there? Yeah. And, you know, I, I still have a really big family. It's great. It's, um, <laughs> it's really amazing. It's one of those things that, um, you know, the older you get, the more mature you, you start to realize just how important family is, especially in the times that we're in right now. And uh, when I was when I was younger, I, I'm so grateful and I'm so happy that, you know, I grew up you know, with my mom and my, my mom and my, my dad. My father is Puerto Rican, Italian, and my mom is Cuban, um, Spanish, African-American. And um, just having all of those different um, ethnicities and, and, and energies and, and moments in our household and in our home and infused into, into the things that I love and believe. And it was just so explosive. I have an older sister and a younger brother. So five of us immediately in the house, but we were always, always around our cousins and aunts and uncles. And, and that was never something that, that we shied away from or, or was, you know, lacking in, in the household. So I'm very, 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 very grateful and, and blessed to have had that. And I, I can only hope and pray that I can continue to flourish that. Yeah. Did you grow up in a, did you have like a religious or a spiritual household? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I know. I, and, and I know <laughs> it's amazing because the, the way that I speak to, I'm grateful that that kind of comes off of me by the grace of God. But yes, we, you know, in, in our house, my father says in, in, in our house, we shall serve the Lord. And um, I am Christian. I'm very proud of that, my spirituality. And um, yeah, we, we were raised Christian, Catholic, probably from my parents too. But then, you know, as I was getting into my different spiritual walks with Christ, I, I definitely had um, a lot of a lot of reasons to just choose it for me rather than it sure. being something that I was raised with. Yeah. And then you, so you were schooled in Miami and then you, but you also went off to college. Where'd you go to college at? Yeah, I was schooled on the, on, on campus and off campus. (laughs) (laughs) The the hard knocks of life. No, um, I was very little in Miami. Actually, we ended up because I'm a, I'm a military brat as well. So my dad moved just around a lot, but really just around Florida or like the Southeast of the U S or excuse me. Yeah. Southeast. <laughs> I'm thinking Southwest. Gosh, it's, these days are just crazy with thinking of where you're at as far as, um, as far as the USA goes. Right. But, um, anyways, so yeah, we, uh, I grew up in Miami, but then from there, I, I also went to elementary and middle school in Orlando. So central Florida was a huge part of, um, of my, of, of growing up as well in those years for me, because my dad kind of wanted us to get out of, out of that area. And then also as, you know, getting, rising up in the ranks in the military, my dad had to be closer to places like Tampa and, and, um, and Northern Florida and, and just more accessible to places that he could, he could travel. So um, when he was like overseas and stuff, we, we just, that's when we, you know, we ended up, I guess my mom and dad were like, we need to buy a house in Orlando, Florida and be around, um, more family. So, uh, that was more of like, and it's interesting because sometimes I call myself a Latina country girl because <laughs> we grew up outside. Everybody laughed because I love country music. I sometimes have that little bit of a dialect and people are like, where does that come from? But then I also can turn it on and speak Spanish because we grew on the, in the outskirts. Yeah. It was crazy, Todd, because I, I mean, I don't want to say I had an identity crisis, but I had a little bit of an identity crisis because uh-huh. I grew up outside of Orlando around a lot of, a lot of Latinos as well, predominantly Puerto Rican and Cuban and Dominican. Um, but, but also a lot of Caucasian and that country kind of area. And I had a lot of Caucasian friends and we definitely listened to a lot of country music. I was a cheerleader. It was wow. definitely that, um, that energy. Yeah, for sure. As a singer dancer and also wanted to do that cheerleading and wanted to be, have high school spirit. <laughs> when did you get the, the, the craving to want to move toward acting or doing musicals, things like that? Did that come on young for you to be a performer or was that something that came on later on? It's, so wild because as as a child I was I was pretty shy I mean my parents knew that I had it they just knew they were like she has it it is it is what it is she's she's talented she's diverse like you know I would do choir and and dance classes and things like that but I just wanted to continue being a kid 
I wanted to, um, you know, do the things that were popular or, or uh, you know, play outside and, and do, do things like cheerleading, do things like soccer, sports, stuff like that. But um, there was always this, I didn't realize how much, how important to nurture that at that time. But at the same time, I mean, I always believe that God will will provide your journey and your path for you as it is and what's meant to be it will be so um they didn't really push it on me they didn't really push you know she has to sing or she has to have lessons or she has to you know do this many hours a day of this this and that they weren't like tyrants or about it um right but I did sing, you know Selena <laughs> when the movie Selena came out with JLo I was like four three or four yeah. years old. And I really, I had a voice at that age. It was like, you know, kind of like her voice. And, and then in addition to that, I would sing like nursery rhymes or like, like, I don't even know those, those kind of like twinkle, twinkle little star, but it would be like, to winkle, to wink. It would be like gospel. <laughs> yeah. And my, and my mom was just like, she's so talented. So I didn't really do anything. I would do talent shows and stuff like that, but it really got serious in college when I was pre-law. I was pre-law at University of Florida. <laughs> Go yeah. Gators. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I was doing poli-sci, international business, international science, things like that. Um, and I and I just really got into the political world, but then I saw that there were auditions for the show Godspell. And it was my sophomore year. And I was like, I think I want to, you know, I want to audition for it, see what the, what the college play is like. And I immersed myself right away in, in musical theater. And I wasn't one of those kids who grew up like by the book. I had to know every musical. Like I didn't really know anything about musical theater. And I just had this voice and this, um, you know, and dancing and, and discipline just a really powerful voice at that, at, at that time, I was even kind of scared. I didn't know how to train it. I didn't know how to work it. So I, I, you know, I, I booked the show, I got the show. Um, and, and, and from then on, I changed my major. I, I moved everything, all my credits, everything over to the conservatory and to the school of theater and dance building. And um, I started just going on a bachelor of fine arts track and, um, well. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I think I, I would say that that's where it really, where it really began because even friends from there, I still talk to now who I've worked with in my adult life, um, you know, in other shows or on the road or traveling in musicals and things like that. And it's just really great. I'm very grateful to have, to have realized that this is, this is my passion and this is what I want to do. And, you know, I was wondering because being in Orlando or near Orlando, obviously, you know, Disney World employs Disney a lot of people. The, the cruise lines they cast out of there, you know, did the whole Disney uh, empire and world is sort of around there. So I always, often wonder, you know, if if that was a hook to get you into it. But oh, it yeah. sounds like it was really more uh, college than anything. Well, college, but, um, you know, since we brought up Disney, I definitely was a friend of Pocahontas <laughs> and Princess Kibibi. Because <laughs> that's, that, you know, we... We're keeping the magic 24-7, and I definitely um, was grateful, was was blessed enough to, it, within college, like on the summers, on our summers off, I had my summer jobs were Disney World. I would yeah. perform and dance, and High School Musical was out at that time, too, so the parades and, and things like that, so I definitely kept my chops up at Disney, too. You did an episode of Casey Undercover, didn't you? I sure did. Well, that was that. That's a Disney yeah. show, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it, you, it sure is. I'm just the villain. <laughs> did you did you work with Zendaya on that? I did. That so, amazing force. Of did nature. you know that when you worked with Zendaya, did you know she would become like a super huge megastar when you were working with her? <laughs> Honestly, no, not at that. Well, uh, well, it didn't even dawn on me in that sense, like. It's interesting because when you're an actor and you have these contemporaries and these friends and people who you who, who you start to really see blow up or have have their niche or have have their have their moment, um, at that time I just really thought she's so humble and she's so yeah. sweet and she's so dope and she's from the Bay, which is really cool too because anyone who I meet from the Bay, which is you know Northern California, 
Yeah. Anyone who I meet from up there, or she might actually be from LA, but anyone who's, lit, who's from California to me, who I've been able to work with, have been so laid back. And, <laughs> and the process of that show is not really laid back <laughs> when, you, when you, you, you know on a network show. I mean, not that it's, it's a terrible thing. Obviously, it's, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing to get that kind of work, that kind of um, entertainment out to, to kids. But at the same time, it moves so fast. Yeah. So moving fast, you have rehearsal this day, you have rehearsal process, rehearsal process, and then and then and then the, the show shoots. So it's kind of like musical theater in general. Like, but but then you're stopping and going too. Yeah. So you have a stage performance, but you stop and go. So it's right. kind of like a tech rehearsal, even when you're when you're shooting the show. Right. But, but it's in front of a live audience. So there's a lot of elements that are crazy, and she just. Not only did she keep her cool, but we just had such amazing moments of of downtime, and she just she she really is who she um kind of puts out there to be this person who does care about others and cares about the world. And we even talked about like notes and stuff, and what what we would say to each other like in reality, or what we could play with, and maybe the director didn't like, or maybe maybe you know someone someone didn't really like it in producing and stuff. But at least we tried it together. You know, right. like we tried, we made those choices or we tried that stuff together. So I really, really, really enjoyed working with Zendaya. I hope and pray, girlfriend, if you hear me, I hope it comes up again because that would be amazing, mama. We can get you a role in Euphoria. That would be nice. Oh my gosh. I, I, yes. <laughs> All I have to say is yes. My boyfriend turned me on to that show. I mean, she's a, she's a force to be reckoned with in general, but um you know, my boyfriend really like, he was, he was just like, have you seen it yet? And I, I've been shooting a film myself and, and that year, I think it came out 2018 or 2019, maybe it just came out last year. But yeah. um, when it came out, I was still shooting and working on my own writing. So I wasn't able to like sit down and watch every episode yet. But now I'm just like, it's kind of one of those things that you need to rewatch all and, and just notice so many things within it. Such well, a great show. I would yeah. be blessed. It's interesting because, you know, I, I think we've, we're just scratching the surface on where she'll probably go, but, it, it, you know, she stayed in the Disney world because obviously, you know, we love Disney, right? Because Disney owns 33% of all the shows with Star Wars and Marvel and all the cool stuff that they do. They pretty much, yes. no one should say anything bad about Disney if, unless you want to cut your workload down by a third because they have so much they can cast for. And, know. Uh, but, you know, for her to continue through Spider-Man was great, really commercial film like that. And, and, uh, and her character isn't in it that much, but you're part of that world. And then to see her in Euphoria, a 180 from that character is just exactly. really, she's so diverse and I know. it's really. And, and, yeah, I mean, people say that, I mean, specifically, and, and I know you know some of the work that I, that's gonna be uh, focused and coming out for me as well, Todd, but the same kind of thing. It's like when you progress and you're just maturing as an actor and um, as a human being, I mean, because what we're doing is we're really taking these roles and we're taking our lives in substitution. And I don't want to get all methody on you, but, but the process is just kind of so illuminating and so fantastic and just, it should feel so yummy and not something that you're working against or you're like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is hard work because it just is real life, what we're portraying. So when you're able to portray someone who does have all of these, you know, frustrations and, and maybe feels flawed and maybe feels depressed or, or misunderstood, you're able to kind of like flesh that out with your own um, experiences. And, so, and what yeah. you're saying, that was actually my next question was how you prepare for your roles. If you have a particular <laughs> method, that was my next, actually my next question. So you're kind of already <laughs> answering that. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's so awesome. I love that we're on the same page with that. I mean, there's so much I could talk about. It's really, it's interesting. I'm Dave, I'm, excuse me, I'm diving into um, a book again called On Method Acting and uh, not even just within that book, but, but if you, if, if, if you are, if you are to pick it up, I, I would suggest if you'd like to dive into it, it's really interesting. The very first sentence in the introduction is there's so basic, something like there's so much more I could speak on the, on this subject than what's in this book. It's so crazy to kind of preface a, a life like that, because for me, 
as an as an actor, my process I think changes within the experiences I've had. But nothing will nothing will stop me from getting physical, from getting my breath work in, from um, make, from running, from working out, from really feeling it inside of my gut. Because when I sweat and when I really feel something physically, I think that that I don't only think I know that that shifts your whole perception. Like it just makes you feel powerful in your body. So once you're in your body and you can feel everything, you're aware of um, of these senses then you can start fleshing out these words that could feel something like you're saying rather than it just being something that you're looking at a script and you're just, it's, it's that cold. Cold readings are great. Sometimes we have to do those things just to jump into character and just really have it at that moment. If you can't take the time to, you know, stretch and work out and do all the things and prepare for a role in that sense, um, then you can, then, then we have to just dive in and cold read. But if there are specific characters like Philly um, from East Los, um, or Scar from KC or Vanessa, Vanessa Del Rio, Latin from Manhattan, I think more than anything, it's, it's also research on who I want to be and how, um, how I want to portray what Vivian Marie Lamoli can, can breathe into this character. It's not just about them standing alone. Mm-hmm. Let's take a deeper dive into that. You know, it's yeah. always it's always funny to me because I'll I'll meet actresses who are like, yeah, I took a couple of weeks worth of classes. I'm ready, and I'm thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, Anthony Hopkins said once. He said, "There's no closing the book on learning to be an actor." He said, "I'm yeah. still learning." He's like, "You live yeah. life. You have life experiences. New stuff happens. Your mm-hmm. your perspective shift. Like, there's always something more you can learn. It's not confined to nine weeks of classes." or a degree at a university and you know everything there is to know and I think that's really fascinating that you know you're 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 analyzing life people particularly in life and you're trying to impersonate that or replicate that in some way that's what you do is impersonate other other people and in other situations and I think it's interesting because like in East Los High the cast really were just dealing with normal life experiences to some extent things a lot of people go through in high school or in their life right there's not it's not a huge reach for you know the the experience but because you can a lot of people can actually pull that the real experiences that happen in their own life you have as a resource how is that different than the latin from manhattan how do you dive into <laughs> one and the other? Because and tell the tell the listeners a little bit about because you're working on the Latin from Manhattan right now. Is that right? You're doing you're, yes, you're in the middle I, of it, or is it finished? We are st- we are still in the process of shooting. Yes. And this but, is a bio. But I, I was you know Todd, I love the way you progressed with that question <laughs> because I had no idea what the outcome of it was. <laughs> I was like, where is he going? Should I talk about no? As far as that's amazing because, yeah, I mean, what a shift from playing Silueta Rodriguez. Yes, I got very, very Dominican on you right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got very Puerto Rican on you. Silueta Rodriguez to the plethora of roles in between that to get to Miss Vanessa Del Rio, who is the premier first, most well-known um, I will, I will safely say that I, I, I feel like that's, that's known, <laughs> uh-huh. most famously known, um, adult star, adult yeah. film star, eth- ethnic, most famously known ethnic Latina adult star. And at number one, she's Boricua, like me, she's Puerto Rican, like me, and has, and hails from New York City, which is where my parents are from. And so those roots, you just can't, it's, it's interesting because when you have that connection, it's an amazing, amazing alignment with, with whose heels, if you will, I'm stepping into with whose stiletto heels I'm stepping into. And I think, actually, I know because I've been able to have these conversations. I'm very close with my director. He's amazing. He's very hands-on and um, with the whole team and crew and production production team, actually. But I think for me, more than anything, just hearing and and um, it's wonderful that I can be as close as I am with the production team. But the fact that I got the 
word from Vanessa herself that she believes this is not only going to flourish, but she is confident in me stepping into her shoes in a, in a feature yeah. film of her life. That yeah. type of validation is 100% like none other, but it also just keeps me responsible and ready and worthy to play a role and dive into situations that I have never myself been in. So as far as, and it's not too different, too different from playing someone like Philly because in high school, I didn't have those situations. I wasn't thinking about, um, you know, my friends having, being HIV AIDS positive, um, you know, gangsters and, and um, drugs and probably sex, yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. sex in, in, in high school and maybe, maybe some teen pregnancy kind of thoughts or, or discussions. But there were a lot of things that I was like, I wasn't talking about this stuff in high school. Like what? <laughs> You know what I mean? So I definitely think I learn just every day on set and, and experiencing other people's lives and talking to, um, you know, other high school students who have those those um, situations happening to them. Like we were very close to our fans. And I think that was very, very vital to to the show. But also what else was vital was having conversations with my castmates and just knowing their stories and right. and not only accepting them, but really realizing like, this is real life. This is not just something that's so scripted. It's something that everybody can relate to. So taking those moments to really reflect and, 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 and have that time to um, prepare for someone like Vanessa Del Rio, the queen, the Titan, I, I, I really do believe that it comes from a place of understanding and and doing my research and trying to and and understanding why and how she got into the um, adult star business, adult film, adult film business. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just being a powerful woman. <laughs> not not uh, yeah. I I don't want to. I I really really don't want to mince words here. Like she, not only has shown me my power, but she chose to do something like this and this journey for her life because of the fact that she's like, I can, because why not? Because I'm sexy. I'm um, intelligent. I want to have a legacy. And this is just who I am and what I want to do. And I feel free. I feel myself um, in this business. So I think for me, going back to your question, <laughs> going back to your question, Preparing for a role like 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 that and and knowing that she's someone that I can just kind of dive into, it has to do with connection and it has to do with really taking the time to understand who who Vanessa is and yeah. and how I and how I relate to her because I I would not be able to do that role justice. I would not be able to do my girl Vanessa justice if I didn't reach down deep inside of me and see that I have the same energy and, and, and pride and excitement and, and fiery passion that she does. So that's me. <laughs> it, it, it's, and the reason why I wanted you, you know, on this podcast is the diverseness of your talent like this. And, you know, I wanted to definitely get that Zendaya topic in there because you are showing the same type of range that she does. And that, those are bold moves for an actor to do. And not everyone can do that. And that's why I feel like you're exceptional in this business. And, you know, you mentioned Selena earlier, you know, uh, Jennifer Lopez had to step into some really big shoes right there to do that. That was a risk for her uh, being in, or early in her acting career to, to take on a biography of someone and you're doing the same thing. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, 100%. That's, that's, thank you, Todd. I, I really, um, I really take that to heart. <laughs> Those words are really, that's gracious of you because Jennifer Lopez is 100% one of my um, inspirations and someone not even just as, as yes, actor, yes, you know, performer, um, but more of a businesswoman and a mom. 
And the yeah. fact that she's able to take and, you know, mm. by the grace of God, one of these days, I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to that and flourishing my own family, my own little unit. But at the same time, when she was really coming up and, and stepped into the shoes of Selena, and, and it was not that, it was not that far apart from um, rest in peace, her death. Yeah. It was not, it was not that far apart when she actually ended up, you know, um, winning that role. Cause I will say that's a win. That's a win yeah. in and of itself to have that opportunity. Um, but, but to compare it to me, you know, doing, uh, doing Vanessa just as much justice and, and, um, and excitement and also having the world remember and learn who she is too. That, that means a lot because at the end of the day, yes, you could compare the type of careers that Selena and Vanessa had at the same time. It's just, it, those are two powerful Latinx women, um, pioneers, pioneers of something that they never knew that they were going to um, be so powerful in. So yeah, it's, it's, it is a lot. If I sit and think about it too long, I get a little like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm playing Vanessa Del Rio. But at the same time, I know that this was meant for me because it just feels right. You know what I mean, Todd? When something yeah. just feels right and, and yeah. you're feeling good on set every day and we're working hard on this and it just feels really good. Yeah, we, they cast the perfect person. I mean, you you actually look so much like her too, and it's, <laughs> I'm excited to see to see this. Let's talk about um, let's talk about how you got from Florida to California. What went on between there before you moved to LA to become a working actress? What got you there? Were you, were you doing musicals from Florida to LA? I was. Yeah, I mean, are, are you speaking specifically when I? when I finished kind of school and, and then, um, you know, set out early adult life. <laughs> yeah. Were you uh, involved in like musical theater for yeah. a while or did you just There's move to? Yeah, no, I love that though, because, because it, it almost sometimes, even in my vision, it maybe feels like a gap of like, what was going on there? I barely, <laughs> Todd had time to like breathe or speak with family yeah. because I right out of right out of training, and I still like obviously as as we said, Sir Hopkins, as Sir Hopkins says, I want to quote him too. You never you never stop training as an actor. You never stop training real life. You never stop doing real life. I um from there I I had two contracts, so I had already had two stage performing contracts, which lasted about a year and a half. About a year and a half. So um you know, roughly they, that within, within those months, that was the entire time that I just was working, 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 working. And, you know, that's an amazing thing to, <laughs> to feel like working right out of college. And I hope that, and I hope and pray that for our, for our youth today, just because it's hard with what everyone's going through. But, you know, at that time I was, I was able to, to um, take up two different contracts and I could have stayed on the second and continued touring and continued doing continue doing musical theater, maybe even think that that was the time, literally when I finished that one, I was in San Francisco, actually, near the San Francisco Ballet. Um, that's where they had our beautiful, um, you know, where we lived at the time. I was just like, okay, I could live in San Francisco forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was um, where we were kind of like living, but we toured out of there. Sometimes, you know, I barely ever got to, got to see that apartment, but when we finally got back, I, I kind of thought to myself, I was like, it was either New York or LA. It was New York or LA. And I was, and, and you know, my life would have looked totally different, obviously, if I would have chosen to, to, to take the move and make the move to New York and, and go that route. But I said to myself, I want to be a film and television actor. It's, this is just what, and, and I feel like at that time, there was definitely a clear decision of if you wanted to move to New York, that was stage acting, that was Broadway. And if you if you wanted to do and pursue LA, now it's kind of a little bit more of a mix. I think more I think it's still that way. Film and television is so predominant in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, you can still work a lot in New York City, but since I was in California as well, I was kind of just like, 
you know, I have, I have family in, in LA and I have family in New York as well. But since I was there, I was just kind of like, let's explore, let's see what's going to go down. I didn't have an agent yet. Um, you know, I had saved up what I had done from those contracts and from how much I was working. So I was like, let's see what can go down. And, um, <laughs> I think six months in, I booked a Zumba commercial. You ever heard of Zumba, Todd? <laughs> yeah. 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 And that got, so that I, got you your agent probably, right? That was the one I, and then it just, it, it rolled on from there, but that specific casting director and I will shout her glory and love out Blanca Valdez casting. I love her to death. She's like a tia to me. She called me out of the blue after, you know, doing the Zumba commercial and booking that and, you know, talking to her. She's just so, I didn't know at the time that she is this motherly, nurturing, loving energy. And there are some casting directors out there like that, but you, but, but it's, it's, it's rare. It really is rare talk. So when, so the fact that you know, I had found that and I know other casting directors who are like that as well, who really care. It's, it's a whole other world to like actually care and be yeah. like, I really want this person to work. I love her. I mean, she's, she or he, they, they've got it. And not only that, we care about the industry because these actors are pouring their hearts out, you know, like we're pouring our hearts out in a sense of being so vulnerable and so real. So Blanca called me personally and she was like, there's this, there's this show happening and um, it's the second season and I want you to come in for this role, but I really feel like you're going to be a role that they're developing. It's not even done yet. They're not even like, they've only, they're only developing who she, who she really will be. And I think that you should come in because I really think that it's something that she didn't even know, Todd, because they had a totally other description for Philly. For Philly, they said that she was going to be um, a banda member. So already that's like Mexicana. That's a different kind of energy. Um, she was going to be, you know, actually from East LA, you know, more California, Mexicana. And ends up, I come in as a scrappy Puerto Rican, Cuban, <laughs> you know, very Caribbean Latina. And that's yeah. where it flipped the script for me because every role I've gotten since then is what people have had a vision for and what I've been able to bring to the forefront because I think a lot of people don't know what they want until you show them. Right. Yeah. You know, East so, Los High is, is really inter interesting because it, it is an important show in a lot of ways. Uh, mm -hmm. One, you know, it, it was the time we really didn't have, but Netflix and Hulu as, those yeah. first types of app based, you, you know, uh, kind of over the top content producers. And, and now we'll have a ton of them. I mean, it's replacing cable is what it's doing. Everyone's going to have an app for their studio and, right. um, and we'll have to pick and choose which ones we can have. And, and East Los was one of the first couple original programs made for Hulu. And, um, and for a long time, people don't really remember this a lot, but Hulu was free for a long time and then it became subscription and then it became kind of everything it it's evolved to now. And, yeah. uh, and that show was kind really of how everything does when it gets popular. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're really, it's been a really long, slow burn to have everyone represented properly on television. And so specifically to have a show that does tip the scale so much to being so heavy Latinx like it is, um, was unheard of almost. And that's what really makes the show important. And it dealt with very real issues. It had a great cast. What the show, the show won an Emmy or some of the actors have won Emmys in it, I think. And, yeah. um, and it was that well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, certainly it's had a lasting impact. I wish I would have gone longer though. You know, it, it's always yeah. tough with with high school based things because you kind of age kids out of the roles and uh, and, you know, where do you go? Like Beverly Hills 90210 tried to do it with their kind of their college years. But once they got to college, it just became like a soap opera. You know, it was it was oh, like a much totally. different show at that point. And it was like 
part of the fun of a high school show is the kids getting away with stuff they're not supposed to be getting away with when they're young. But when they get to college, it's like, you know what? It's like, there's no rules now. Like they can really do whatever they want to do. So kind of. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And I loved how you said about representation too. It's been, it, it's, it's, it's interesting when you see the shows like, you know, you got your 90210s and Melrose Place and um, even Degrassi or, or you know, uh, what else was around that time with Degrassi? There were other popular shows, One Tree Hill, high school shows yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, representation um, multi-ethnically wise too. It's just hopefully, I, I think that things are starting to change as well when it comes to um, streaming networks. Yeah. It, it's interesting because me being a product of the eighties to really see any kind of um, in that day, Latino representation, it was Miami vice. Like that was it. That was the show. Wow. Everything else, all the shows dramatic or sitcom or whatever, were all very whitewashed shows or wow. they were like the Cosby show. And it was like, Oh, it was an all black show, you know? And, you know, and it was, amazing. there was no diversity, you know? Oh my god! Well, first of all, big ups to Miami. Uh -huh. <laughs> the fact that it, the fact that Miami was what had to bring you that Latino spice. No, no. But um, as far as it's Todd, that's that's why I was literally just thinking that the other day. I mean, I love that the uh, you know black culture and black television that that you know my my sisters and brothers and black TV that we bring. Uh, everyone looks out for each other. And I think that that's something that we need to do in the Latinx industry as well. You know, you know the Latinx and the Afro, Afro Latinx industry as well, because I think that the lack thereof comes from content creators. Like we need, as Latinos, we need to be, be creating and be more at the top and actually executing these, um, these moments. It, it, you know, the Miami Vice is going to come back. They're rebooting it, right? And, yeah, uh, and you know, it's interesting because the old version of the show, pretty much all the cops were white. <laughs> which, you oh, know, goodness. so you're infiltrating this Latin underworld, and but they're white cops all, you know, infiltrating. But Vin Diesel is producing the, no, the new show. And I'm really wow. very curious what his take on this is going to be, especially seeing how he's made these phenomenally successful Fast and the Furious films with a, just this incredible multi-ethnic cast and mm -hmm. everything like I'm a, you know, obviously the Fast and the Furious movies are rather mindless movies, but I love watching them because I have to, all day I think I have to write, I have to create, and I just want to decompress with like, beautiful people and explosions at the end of the night you know like that's what you i need, feel I need that to... way too like you feel like responsibility to continue writing when you also you want to like experience life do you do you get a little bit um kind of kind of i don't know um it, anxious or, or it, is, is it anxiety mm -hmm. well yeah, i think it's just a guilty pleasure that i want to just not have to think at the end yes. of the day and it's like oh let me God. just i'm gonna put on fast five and watch that and watch jordana brewster and watch you know then watch <laughs> everybody in fast cars and beautiful people yes. and rock and roll like great music you know and it's like i want to i'm hoping he takes some semblance of that to the new miami vice because i'll be very happy <laughs> I yes oh my gosh playing some good rock and roll too so, <laughs> i love and, that and, and I'm well, that was a huge part of my advice was the music, you know, the soundtrack was like epic for that day, some of the best 80s music there was. And but you know, that's my like, I love a good Hollywood film where I am thinking or I'm trying to figure it out and all of that. But there's for me, anyways, there has to be a time and a place for that because my whole day is using my brain. And at the end of the night, it's like, I can watch a Transformers movie right now. You know, I could watch some robots <laughs> and Michael exactly. Bay explosions, you know, like there's totally room for that. <laughs> I know everything is so funny. I got into this discussion the other day. Actually, I was like, I just want to watch something to turn my brain off. I don't want to have to have another thing that I need to watch that I need to kind of like get into and actually have an intelligent opinion about. I wanted to ask you, how hard is it to be a Latina in Hollywood? I know there's, uh, there's, are there less, I, I guess I want to know, are there less actresses to compete against, but there's also fewer roles? Like what are the, what are the advantages and what are the negatives to it all? 
That's a very loaded question, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that's an amazing, amazing, amazing um, topic and question to dive into because it's, you know, we're, we, we talk about it all the time, but as a Latina, sometimes I feel like I don't know if I, I, I grasp how much what I'm doing right now in the present matters for my legacy and for, um, for the ones that are coming up under me. So I think for me, more than anything, I have a responsibility. Um, as a Latina, I, I, I don't know so much if I want to, if I, if I'd like to focus on the negative because I've been doing a lot of things to, um, train myself and work on myself to not think, oh, they should only be, why, why aren't they casting more, more Latinx? Why aren't they doing this? Why isn't this more, um, integrated? What's happening here? Why is it always white? You know, yes, those thoughts come up. Yes. I have those in discussion sometimes. And that's a frustration for me. Um, yeah. especially being Afro-Latina, being Afro-Latina, Afro-Latinx is kind of a whole other facet of the fact that I'm, that I'm a Latina actress, but at the same time, I can't, I can't save the world. <laughs> right. Like I can't, I can't save the world. So I have to remember to take a breath and just understand that creating my own content and continuing to have discussions where I'm putting, looking at other, other Latinx actresses, other, um, you know, people who are more, uh, just, just so you know, my, my, my boyfriend came home. So <laughs> uh -huh. we're all in the family now. <laughs> um, I, I love that because listen, I'm relatable and I have a person and I hope anyone who's listening, you know, they, they have yeah. a person too. I'm just a very real girl. You're going to get the real yeah. from me. But um, as far as I'm concerned, I um, just need to remember that I need to keep creating and not, not crying or woe is me or getting frustrated over um hold on I'm gonna move you to my ears you got you know I get a lot of um, yeah yeah okay so no I was just gonna add to that um um basically what I'm trying to say is that I do have a responsibility but in addition to that I do think that the representation and and the vocalization of it is not there because more more cultures, more of our energy needs to be at the top. So these executive positions, these um, casting positions, these writers, we need to come forward and make more of a voice. We have to to have others understand that this is our business as well. This is our talent. Right. Um, and I want to cast other talent in that sense as well, because having said that, I am a part of the Caribeña Creatives, which is a boutique production studio created by Marilyn Camacho, who's Puerto Rican from Chicago. And it's a whole other, it's a whole other being. You have your Nalibs, your National Hispanic um, uh, Media Coalition. You have uh, just different different organizations, and I and I appreciate them, and I love it all. But I think for us, we're really focused on Caribbean actors and and actors of the Caribbean and 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 Afro Afro Latinas, um, you know, Latinx, other generations, just other vibes having their voice heard. I think that the representation is not there because we are not doing the work as well. Right. So once we stand up and we're not shy and we're taking, we're, we're standing in our light and taking our light and, and taking our moment and filling that up, that's where it needs to be. So I think for me, maybe if, even if it's not today or in this next decade, I know that the legacy that I leave is going to have a young Puerto Rican, Cuban, Italian, Dominican actress living her best life. <laughs> yeah. Well, certainly. And I think we're seeing that as every generation proceeds through the entertainment business, we are getting more and more work and more and more representation, more and more avenues for opportunities for things. And from a historical perspective, you like what you're doing, um, you know, with your kind of your, uh, your Latin from Manhattan movie now, like we're getting more and more people that movies can be about there can be content about because historically there's so much more and everything is, mm -hmm. is becoming so much more important 
There it is. How what has, a great uh, example. How has film and TV... Yeah, yeah. How has film and TV work changed for you since COVID? Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, film and TV work since COVID. It's, uh, you know, it's it's been a bear for a lot of us. It's definitely been a struggle. Um, and, you know, like I said, I keep it real. <laughs> I keep it 100. We, we do have something called self-tapes. I don't know if you've heard of those, but we've always been kind of doing self-tapes and and things where you put yourself on tape that even, even before, you know, COVID, yeah. but obviously that's, that's the only way now. <laughs> right. That's the only way to get yourself did, out there. And mm-hmm. did your current film shut down during this or did you, has it continually been filming? It's been continually filming. The, the plans have definitely shut down because of, gotcha. uh, due to COVID because we were, I, I, I know for a fact they were planning on doing a, a spring finish and um, you know, that that's when it was really hot and heavy to try to try to figure it out at that time and try to see who's shutting down, like what studios, cause we were at Warner brothers um, and a really great relationship and connection there. I was very, very grateful. I felt blessed to, to be shooting on, on such a prestigious lot. So um, I think to take all to take all precaution, everything was just shut down for, from the top there, a hundred percent. And now the conversations are are crazy, and it's difficult because you know how much more funding and how much more um, work has to happen, and how much more scheduling has to happen for anything. Actually, a lot of stuff has has been pushed back. I mean, I'm, network shows even. So. Yeah. So having to having to um, account for COVID stuff—that's what I call it—the COVID stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and and we do take it seriously. You have to having to account for you know uh, what are you going to do for lunch? What are you going to do for craft services? What are you going to do for lunches? What are you going to do for masking ourselves? What are you going to do for a COVID officer on set? You have to have all of these things in order before you even send, even talk about a schedule, you know? Right. It's uh, COVID has been really, I've had a lot of discussions about this in my, my podcast this year. I've, I think we, in a way we might've seen the best of social media during COVID because it was less, <laughs> it, it was less posturing and, Oh, here I am on the beach or, Hey, use my discount code to buy this. And it was like, there were a lot of people like wearing their emotions oh, on their sleeves and long, it. Instagram stories with, you know, a celebrity from her home going, I'm freaking out just like you are. Oh, I will attest to that. Listen, I didn't know that (laughs) Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon even knew I existed and they were able to to check out my story. I said, what? Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon? It was nice. You know, I could see Bono doing songs from his porch and comedians were doing stand up (laughs) for free. Like I saw the best of social media, what it could be. But I also feel like I saw the ugliness of Hollywood. And I think, wow. and the reason why I say that is because, look, we can't go to the theater, right? We don't have anything new. We couldn't see a single new movie this year. You couldn't give me the new Fast and the Furious movie as a Sunday night <laughs> NBC movie, really, like because that would be the greatest gift ever. Like you'd have, you would be able to charge like Super Bowl rates for commercials for that because oh that was the thing goodness. in the '70s. That's what you got. You got like a first run movie. Yeah on tv is the friday night movie everyone would tune in <laughs> like yeah and it's like could you I'll just give me step, something i'll go a step further we couldn't get to grab the dvd and bring it home <laughs> yeah like i mean disney got on got on board and they put some stuff first mm-hmm. run on disney plus and it's like come on people yeah, are gonna yeah, subscribe yeah, yeah. like put it on peacock network and totally. everyone will come subscribe totally. like totally give me the new fa- why do i have to wait Two Which more I'm years. I'm so surprised for the new Fast and the Furious. No, you are on that Fast and Furious. Listen, I do know Michelle and Tyrese, so I'll let them know. Tom. Yeah, you, you give them a call and say, this guy who's got a podcast. I, with I was going to say, Tyrese might just come on and be like, oh, okay, I see you. No, he's, he's a really, he's a, a very cool person. But um, that's hilarious for you to say that because I totally understand. I mean, when Hamilton got on Disney Plus, I was like, what? Yep. And they have 71 million subscribers right now. So it, it yeah. worked. It worked. Out of this world. Out of this what, world. I know we're getting, we're getting close to the end here of the time I have you. Aw, uh, 
but, but I love, but this is so good. I, uh, I want to know what advice do you have for someone that wants to get into this business that you're in, you know, do you, how do you, yeah. what kind of advice do you give them? Do they come to LA right away? Do they, do they, what is, what's the, the secret sauce here for someone new? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I feel like I want to have so many answers when I'm asked that question because <laughs> there's no one way to skin uh, you know, and, and then again, I, I also censor myself because I don't want to be, be vile and say the actual thing of what it is, skin A, you know what, but there's, there's not one way to, to do something. And I think if, if you're just real, if you're just true to yourself and you really make there, we're not perfect. I mean, there were definitely decisions and things that I made and, and then um, choices and stuff like that, that I kind of went routes of like, this is this is not the way to making real authentic work so as a film actor and as an authentic um because I now can humbly say that as an authentic actor making her way and and creating her own content I would just say truly listen to your gut really and for me spiritually pray on it take moments to yourself take deep breath meditation meditate meditate on what it is that you actually want because when you dive into the Hollywood circuit, yes, you're going to get all of these no's, 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 no's. Like the thick skin and the resilience is something that I am so grateful for <laughs> yeah. that I've built up through this process and through this career because I don't know any other way than to be real and, and, and give the real and authenticity to people. So if we're talking about in that sense, really and truly um, – be, 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 have us, have people around you that are, are the good ones, have people around you that are, um, enabling your work, enabling your authentic self, your happiness, your joy. If it doesn't make you smile at the end of the day, then it's got to go because you got to smile. You got to laugh. You got to be that joyful, amazing person that you know, that's deep down inside you. But if I'm talking about the technical way, um, I really do believe that it's discipline. If you're in your craft 24 seven, you know, watching things, reading things, doing things that are keeping you alert um, as to what is happening, not only in the world, but, but what kind of um, content that is being created because eventually you're going to want to create your own content. Um, study that stuff, really study yeah. that stuff because the thing that has always resonated with casting writers, with producers, with directors, with everyone, with me, is my true self, is the real, loud, loca, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the Vivian that I am, the absolutely energetic person. I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to resonate. And if it's, if, if, if it's not for you, if, if you don't book it or if you don't get it, then it wasn't for you. Something right. else is waiting in the wings, but stay true to your heart and stay disciplined. That's what you need. And don't ever, 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 ever quit on it ever, because then you'll never know. And yeah. the only way to fail is not knowing what you could do because there's no failure in this career. You just got to keep yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great, great final words there. How can people <laughs> find you out there in, on the interwebs or do you have a website? I know you're in social media. How can people All find you out there? I know I'm sure there are websites. <laughs> I said that the other day, you know, it's funny. My mom was like, mama, Mira, do you have a website? Like I wanted to put it. I'm like, mom, yeah, just look up. You probably will find a website that I never knew about before. <laughs> um, no, I'm just messing. Uh, you know, I'm Viva Living on Instagram and Twitter. And um, uh, Latin for Manhattan is coming out 2021. East Los High is still streaming. I have a podcast coming out with Bill Bellamy and, um, and his camp, which is really cool because Bill Bellamy's back at it. <laughs> nice. And um, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. So I would just stay tuned, stay stay up to date on my Instagram I and my Facebook. I definitely post, oh, and it's me. It's it's actually me posting the work and the stuff that I'm um, I'm going to launch or I'm I'm doing. Good deal. Well, yeah. Vivian, thank you so much for coming out today and talking. And uh, I think everyone's going to love this. Oh, I'm so excited. I hope so. All I want to do is bring love and happiness to everyone. So that's and you're what, doing that's, it. That's, that's the goal. Thank you. 
Todd, you did that for you did that for me today, Todd. You're so dope. <laughs> we'll talk soon, okay? Awesome. We will. Take care. Okay, Bye-bye. God bless. You too. Bye. There you have it. My interview with Vivian Lamoli. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you next week on Quest. Thank you for listening to Quest. Please be sure and rate and review this podcast. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content. And make sure to pick up a copy of the book that started a spiritual revolution, Metatomics, The Grand Design, available for sale online and at most major bookstores. Thanks for listening.